You're in the right place, so stay right where you are. In just a few seconds, you'll be listening to the Preppers and Makers podcast, the podcast of the future, the podcast of the survival technician, and the podcast for those middle-of-the-road people who still want to be alive after apocalypse. Hello there, my preppers and makers. Today we're going to be talking about a couple of things that the survival technician would have in their uh, toolbox of knowledge in the event of survival events. So let's get right to it. One of the first things is an item that is truly too big to fit into your bug out bag. Now this is a interesting subject when i start talking about it a lot of folks are going to say well wait a minute that's i don't have to get this information here i can get this on the internet or this or that or the other but i'm going to make a good point for something here that you might not think about as a prepping tool so there's a question what is one of the uh, survival tools that's too big to fit into your bug out bag it is the public library Not only can you check out books and movies, but you can also take advantage of a recent trend toward what is referred to as the Library of Things. Some of you may be familiar with the term Internet of Things, but the Library of Things is kind of like that. Each library is different, and some have these things and some don't, but many have physical items you can check out, from board games to bicycles. Across the country, libraries have offered checkout privileges on a vast range of items, including kitchenware, outdoor gear, Bluetooth speakers, video game consoles, musical instruments, telescopes, tools, toys, cameras, computer equipment, craft kits. And this goes even so far as usable subscription items like internet hotspots. And think about the most amazing subscription item you could for a prepper. Some libraries even offer heirloom vegetable seeds that you can check out. Now, since you have to plant these, the checkout part of that means that you return seeds from a successful harvest the next year or the next season. So, some awesome opportunities that you might investigate in your community around you if you have a library that does this sort of thing. In addition to being a fantastic resource for information, entertainment, and other necessary items, the public library system is the prepper's best friend because they're kind of unicorns in the modern age. Most of them don't, and I repeat, do not, permanently keep track of your personal information. Librarians have gone to a great deal of work and hard trouble to make sure you can freely access knowledge without any encumbrances. After the events of 9-11 in 2001, Congress quickly passed what they referred to as the Patriot Act, That gives the government some pretty wide-sweeping powers to monitor communications and secretly access any of your personal records, including medical files and other things. Now, you may think that due to HIPAA uh, rules, your medical records are entirely immune, but the Patriot Act uh, supersedes that, actually. So, they tried to actually even get access to your checkout records at libraries. The American Library Association and the Freedom to Read Foundation were instrumental in getting that particular provision of the bill revised. Now, most libraries decided on their own to stop keeping records beyond the need to track what you currently have checked out. Yes, librarians had to uh, make sure that you brought the books back. But other than that, they had your back when it came to privacy and your actual concern about government overreach. So give them some props and actually help them out. Come use your library. 
as the decades rolled on, it's been 20 years now, as of this week, uh, so did our technology. Librarians now use computer software that can track your checkout history in order to run their system more smoothly. But the decision to keep your history is up to your local library, so check with them. Some offer an opt-in for those who want to know what they've checked out in the past, and some have the opportunity to opt out if they automatically keep your records. But either way, you should discuss it and take personal control of that. Um, others do automatically opt in for everyone, not giving them the choice, but you can go call your library, find out about their privacy policy and tracking rules, and opt out if possible. So the library is awesome for that. Um, also, if you have a library that does not track you and want your privacy intact, visit... I'm, so, I'm sorry, I, I said that wrong. And one that... Uh, and if you want your privacy intact, visit the facility in person. Um, there are part third-party apps like Overdrive that you can use on your phone and tablet that let you check out ebooks. And you should always be aware that sometimes third-party apps are beyond the library's rules about tracking and hang, can keep data that you might not want kept. So check on these. They're, these apps are useful, but remember, like any app, they're, they're involving cookies and records so that they can work more efficiently too. So they may store your IP address, your device type, your ID and the library card number and anything like that. So <clears throat> be aware of your privacy and what's being tracked. Sometimes being tracked is good because it can help you manage things like, you know, the librarian knowing when you should have your book back. But beyond the simple need for maintenance of what's going on right now, there should be no need for them to track your history as such. Unless you want to have a record of everything you've read so you know, wait, I've never heard of that author. Maybe I have. Have I ever checked out a book by them and not known it? And you can go back and find it. So that's about the only thing that I can think of that would be a reason I would want that long-term history kept. In the modern world, a lot of people educate themselves on the internet, which leads to a browser history that you should manage, and it leads to records with different places, like your Kindle books with Amazon and things of that nature. These are all digital prints that footprints that can be found either in a search by a large government organization, or in sometimes they can actually be referenced just in open source intelligence. Open source intelligence is something that you cannot overestimate the power of. You leave such an open footprint in everything that you do that you may appear in so many places it's obvious what you're doing, how you're doing it, and when you're doing it. Only thing left is when the police come knock on your door and ask why you did it. So the who, what, when, where, and why is pretty much covered there. Welcome to the modern world. Besides that, if you're not doing anything that you want absolutely hidden from nefarious purposes... I have found that non-controversial and resource-related entertainment I can keep on my Kindle. Um, I was never a fan of electronic libraries because of the uh, ease of, I don't know, tracking somebody looking into what I was doing and so forth. Uh, in 2013, my house burned, and I lost libraries of books, shelves that stretched around the walls, you know, when your house burns, that's good, good burning wood. Those, all the paper in those books. It was a sad, sad day, but 
it gave me a thought of the absolute perishability of that medium. So today I have a lot of e-readers, but I don't necessarily advocate doing everything on a Kindle account. Although I, I have a Kindle account. I'm not, I'm not bashing Amazon here or anything like that. But there are so many free and open source readers that you can keep in tablets that are not connected to the internet. Just a simple Android tablet that uses Wi-Fi only, using a browser that has an incognito mode, and putting downloaded books in electronic format on a thumb drive where you can read them on anything lets you take your library with you. And there's nothing as valuable as knowledge when we're talking about prepping. It's very important to be able to pull up information on uh, plant identification, recipes, uh, storage methods for food, um, ways to identify poison snakes versus what bit me. <laughs> you know, uh, how do I treat it? First aid references. We've talked about being a specialist and being someone who is a specialist in a community. And it's great if you have a, a medical specialist or a medic in your, your survivalist group, whoever that happens to be. But no matter what, everyone should be responsible for finding out and learning as much as they can, which means you should have a small library of medical materials, even up to the point of being able in an absolute emergency where there's no other option to perform field surgery on yourself or a loved one. And that's a horrible thing to think about. But you know what's even more horrible? is trying to do it without any sort of resources or knowledge. So, knowledge is the key. You can have the biggest gun around or the strongest wall around, but the knowledge of when to be on the other side of it and how to use it, that's the king right there. Knowledge is the king. For the second part of our show, we're going to talk about another subject. On my other podcast before, we had a lot of discussion about this, and we're going through a series before that podcast had to end. And this is the subject that a lot of people have referred to as the gray man. The gray man ideal is that uh, you just normal guy who don't, you know, don't you don't get noticed. Uh, you you don't stick out. Uh, you're not exceptional in any way, and you're sort of the background. Some of the best ideals in camouflage are looking like you belong there. And that has to do with behavior and action and everything. But uh, I'm going to do just a basic overview here because there will be a lot more in-depth discussions on this as we move forward. Uh, talking about specific little parts of being, how to be a gray man or what the gray man ethos is all about. But if you're just going through your daily life and... Let's say you are a, um, a business person or you're uh, in, in a position where you have to look formal. Not necessarily suit and tie, but at least button-ups and maybe you're middle management or something like that. If you show up and you're in that environment, you wouldn't want to wear uh, BDU camouflaged pants or a, uh, a fore-and-aft cap Um things of that nature, you want to look like you're a business person in a business world. And by the same token, when you go out and uh, you're heading out to the woods to go camping and that sort of stuff, your your necktie is probably not going to be the most appropriate thing to make you not stick out. 
the the thing is, it's not like hiding or being camouflaged into the background and not being noticed or invisible. But true invisibility is when they don't even look for you and just accept that you're supposed to be there. Um, there's a little exercise that somebody uh, had done lately. Somebody told them that you could go anywhere if you just carried a ladder. And so they said, that, that's ridiculous because they won't just let you in if you have a ladder. And consequently, they tried taking a ladder to various places to see if, you know, if you showed up with a ladder, obviously you're there to do some work. And they went to the movie theater. And the usher just almost ran to come over and open the door for them because they had a ladder and went over to the turnstile and held it open while they went in. He didn't say, what are you here for? They videoed this, and it was was astounding. They got inside, and they couldn't believe it either. Um, they tried this at various other businesses, and they have videos of it always working. And things like that make you think. It's about the psychology of the people around you and what they accept. Now, I'm not saying go get into the movies free with a ladder, because enough people do that, they'll catch on. And the usher comes in to check on the people in the movie theater and sees the ladder sitting by the wall. It's a dead giveaway. The point is, they got in. Um, so <clears throat> playing on that psychology of humanity that, oh, they're supposed to be here. These people are part of the surrounding. This way of dressing, this way of acting, talking, what you carry, those are what we can actually tune in on for the gray man effect. If you are walking through a white supremacist clan rally with your best friend who happens to be a large African-American man, he is going to stand out because he's probably the only one. If you're going to a Black Lives Matter uh, protest or rally or just a get-together, and you happen to be in a white hood and sheet, you're going to stand out. You're the only guy there. Those are really extreme examples, and nobody would do that. These people would probably not be in those places just by nature of their behavior. However, if... Oh, let me give you, give you an example of, uh, of something in, in my life. <clears throat> you can go to Walmart and get a tactical backpack. Now, by tactical... You know, that whole military look, either olive drab or black with the, the molly straps on it, where you can put modular equipment on it. Every time I go past the backpacks in Walmart, I am so tempted to get that um, that desert tan backpack with all the molly strips on it, which allow you to take smaller pack kits and just in a modular way, create your own backpack. However you want. That is the, the, the tinkerer in me. The, the DIY guy looks at that and goes, ooh, it's a, it's a do-it-yourself kit. And it's so tempting because it is very practical. They're very useful. But in certain situations where you want to look like the normal guy on the street, it's better just to have like a plain messenger bag sized for your laptop. Because then, you know, the, the zero-trace backpacks, the messenger bags, and things of that nature 
that's a that's a brand. Um, uh, Urban Urban Equip is another one, and I have uh, an Urban Gear messenger bag that's large large enough for any of my laptops, and it has a little pocket for the power supply. Once you rolled up the in the uh, cable and uh, velcroed it together, fits in there perfect, just in the same size as maybe a handgun. I don't know, that's just a coincidence. Um, and the uh, the little cell phone pockets, multiple cell phone pockets next to it, kind of fit a really slim cell phone, just just like the, uh, the magazine for the pistol. Just saying, you know. But on the outside, it looks absolutely normal, just like anybody else's laptop bag. Just a, the messenger bag style, size thing can be big enough to carry... All sorts of bug out goodies and self defense and um, food and prep and medical, and still just look like something you you happen to take to the office. Maybe you're uh, you're traveling on your bike. Now, if it hits the fan, I think everybody should have a mountain bike because in this modern world, everywhere you go, you see people on their bikes. They're trying to get in shape. They're trying to stay healthy. They're trying to save money for gas. Uh, transportation in the cities is is rough. The bike, however, isn't going to run out of gas. It's going to be easy for you to pick up and put on your shoulder and take with you wherever you go. And it kind of fits in. It doesn't look like overly tactical, so it's not like, oh, well, here's here's Mr. Big Bad coming on his Schwinn. Um, <laughs> you just, I, I really don't, I don't know. I, I imagine Schwinn probably does make mountain bikes i haven't seen one but i guess that wasn't fair trying to be passive aggressive at schwinn was it <clears throat> be that as it may um you can look like a bike messenger with your messenger bag and your um your your helmet and your goodies there You're traveling along with a bike while everybody else is running out of gas and backed up in traffic and uh you can take areas that aren't even roads with the bike so Fitting in without standing out is what the gray man is about. You uh, hang out with around, around a lot of uh, uh, carpenters and mechanics and rednecks and, the, you know, the NASCAR community. You better have a ball cap to, to look like you fit in. You know, that, that open-headed uh, head of hair with a, with a good uh, comb on it isn't going to fit in well. Uh, if you're taking your ball cap to the boardroom, you're probably not going to fit in well there either. So it's about finding out what people are doing, how they're doing it, how they're carrying their things, what they're dressing like, and basically how they act to be the gray man. And you're going to do that by nature of trying not to to uh, to stand out. I almost said not to fit in. It's that dyslexia again. So... When you uh, have the opportunity to look around you and be aware and try to figure out what people look like, take a look at the people that you notice and then stop for a minute and ask yourself, why didn't I notice those other two people there behind them? When you just take just kind of a mental snapshot, why do they just fit in? Why do they just look normal? What about them is just every day? And that's the nature of what being the gray man is, is trying to just look like the everyday.
And that's handy, handy stuff. So, those two items today. Take, take um, a time to go down and find out with your public library whether or not they actually um, track you, keep records. Decide whether you want them to or not. It's nice in this modern world where you can function with places that don't overly follow and track you. It's, it's just the nature of being private people. That's, there's nothing wrong with knowing what books you've checked out. But, you know, if the government ever wants to come with a background uh, check and find out, well, what kind of person is he? Has he checked out the consolidated works of Karl Marx, the great leaders of Eastern thought, uh, Jungian philosophy? Has he read Mein Kampf by Hitler? Is he a Machiavellian reader? Uh, does he Has he read The Prince? Uh, these things are all about who you are because of what you feed your brain. And nobody else has any business caring about that. Yet that's up to you. Uh, I listed a lot of really high-end stuff that, um, yeah, I know what they're about. You know why? You should read the enemy. You should be aware of what they are up to. You should not just go places that give you an echo chamber of what you already believe or always think. You should be willing and ready to be wrong. And to that end, find out if your enemy is right. Find out if he's even your enemy. You know, he's always been your enemy because they say he believes this or they say he says that. Maybe not. You don't know unless you sit down at your public library and read a book that he wrote, find out why he really thought what he thought. And number one, find out what he really thought. Everybody believes what their friends that that reinforce them say oh it's about this and maybe it's not so the library gives you an opportunity to do that without being tracked if you're going to keep an electronic library of books don't just do it online with a service like kindle or um, uh, itunes uh, subscriptions or things like that you should keep offline electronic copies of these things yourself and back them up so that you have all of the resources that you need without anybody's ability to track you, unless they physically get their hands on the uh, thumb drive with your stuff. And in that case, you should encrypt it. We're going to talk about that in another episode, too. How to keep encryption on your perfectly personal data. Well, my survival technicians, that does it for another episode, and I'm glad to have had you here. We'll talk to you next time, and until then... Do good things in your community. Learn things. Do things. Have fun.